What is up, you guys? Welcome back to the Seek Life Today podcast. This is your host, Carson Harris, and I'm so glad that you're listening to this episode. Today, we're going to be talking about setting priorities as a Christian and just priorities in general. But before we do that, let's pray our way into this episode. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today and just thank you for this opportunity to come on here and talk about you freely. That is something that I don't want to take for granted, so just please continue to remind me of the importance of this podcast and how you can use it, Lord. I pray that you will just plant seeds, like I'm confident that you will plant seeds and that you will open the hearts and the ears of the listeners and just pour into them, Lord. I just pray that you will teach us about your love, that you will pour your love into us so that we can go out and share that love with others. I pray all these things in your Son's holy name. Amen. In last week's episode, my friend Cameron joined me to talk about consistency, and we came to the conclusion that the only thing that is forever consistent in our lives is God himself. And like the thing is, we will change, our circumstances will change, the people around us will even change, but God will never change. And this is actually reassuring in so many ways, because no matter our situation or how lonely we may feel, we have a loving Father and His arms are wide open for us to run into. This is also true for when we have sinned against him and when we're undeserving of his love. When we, when we sin, we're disobedient, and this makes us so undeserving, but his arms are always open, and that will never change. So if you haven't listened to the episode about consistency, you should definitely go back and give it a listen when you have a chance. But before you get ahead of yourself and go do that right now, you should listen to this one first, and then go back and listen to that one if you haven't. But today I just kind of want to talk about priorities because we make priorities in our lives according to our innermost desires and wants ultimately. The things that are important to us are given priority in our lives. That It's just as simple as that. And that just kind of means that we treat the things that are important to us as being, well, what they are to us important. We often put these things on the top of a list or a pedestal um, and our efforts, our actions kind of point to the top of our pedestal or to the top of our list, um, we can kind of just sit back and observe our behavior and see what is important to our, to our lives. And as Christians, I think that we all know that God should be our number one priority. Like most of us know this. Um, we know this because of who he is and what he's done for us. We know because he sent us a Savior, we should make him number one in our lives. Because we are so special and important to Him, we should make Him important to us. Because He's so faithful and consistent in everything that He does, we should want Him to be important to us. And He is important to us because of what He has done for us, but we don't really live like He's important to us. We often neglect God in our relationship with Him. We often say He's our number one priority, but our actions beg to differ. Ultimately, our actions show our priorities because we budget according to them with our efforts, resources, and time. And this is kind of some deep stuff, but it's true. Like, we say God is our priority, our number one priority in our lives, but our actions beg to differ. And if we, sit, if we take a step back and observe our behavior, observe our actions, we will see the true priorities of our lives. And I know for myself personally, sometimes, a lot of the times, it's not God. But I, I want to talk about an example of... Priorities. I want to look at an example of some people who said God is the number one priority and that they will be obedient to Him, but then yet they live a different lifestyle. And we can look at a perfect example of this in Exodus when we look at the Israelites and their priorities, and we will actually see how our priorities 
are no different than theirs. The very first command of the Ten Commandments is, You shall have no other gods before me. And we find this in Exodus 20, verse 3. Um, if we continue to read into verses 4 through 6, we'll see the second commandment, which is, You shall not make for yourself a carved image nor any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the inequity of the fathers on the on the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. So here we can see God is inviting the Israelites into a covenant with him, and he gives them a set of laws. If they obey them, they will become his representation to the world and be his treasured possession among all peoples. And so like up until this point in the Bible, there's been continued failure and sin that has separated them from God. There's been the continued conflict that just continues to separate them and push them away from God. So in this effort to bring them back into his presence, God gives them these Ten Commandments as a part of this covenant. They're kind of like guidelines to keep them in communion with him. And the first two commandments the Israelites are told to follow are to have no other gods before them and to, make, and to not make idols for themselves. These are the first two commandments, and later we will see that they break these two commandments. Exodus 22, through, uh, Exodus 22, verse 20 says, Whoever sacrifices to any god other than the Lord alone shall be devoted to destruction. And what's interesting is, God hates injustice and oppression, but we know that he loves fairness and honesty. And so this is why we see that wrongs must be made right. And if we read in the chapter before this one, we'll see these laws about an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, and a hand for a hand, and so on. So like God requires the punishment to be proportionate to the crime. We see that those who worship other gods won't be punished by their surrounding government. And this is interesting because a lot of the crimes were to be held accountable by like the, their peers, by the people in their city, their government, however you really want to describe it. it there was different, different things that listed in uh, Exodus and really listed in Leviticus that like the, how the crime should be handled. And a lot of things were punishable by death. But for this one... God is going to take matters into his hands, which it always is. Justice is always his. But in this particular case, the, the local government or the peers were not to hold the people who fall, went astray and followed false idols or gods. They were not to hold them accountable because God himself would do so. And I just find this verse to be interesting because I already kind of spoiled this, but the Israelites will fail at the very first two commandments they're told to follow. But before we kind of like dive into their failure and just kind of talk about that, let's look at the promise that they make to be obedient. And I think that the, the promise they make is very similar to promises that we make. Exodus 24, 3 says, Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the rules. And all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words of the Lord has spoken, we will do. They say, we will do. We will do. This sounds so familiar because we make promises to the Lord, but most of, most of the times, these promises are completely empty. We say he is our number one priority and that we want to live in communion and obedience with him. However, when it comes right down to it, we, we don't truly want to because as soon as things seem uncertain, we take matters into our own hands and try to be self-sufficient. And I think that we can kind of try to be self-sufficient in more than one way. There's multiple ways. Like sometimes we try to be self-sufficient and in being self-sufficient, we will 
run to sin and make sin idols in our lives. Because sometimes we will run to sin as like a way to escape the stress and find this temporary relief. And so sometimes we do that. And when we do that, it's like a double whammy. It's like sin times two. Because not only are we committing sin, we are making that sin an idol in our lives and making that a God in our lives. And other times we would try to be like self-sufficient, take matters into our own hands by just simply uh, doing other things instead of like praying to the Lord. Maybe we will take a nap to try to find some relief. Now, I'm, I'm not saying rest is bad because we are told to like rest in the Lord. That is important. But um, maybe for the instance, food, we may, instead of like praying into the Lord and talking to him, this is a better example than sleep. We will run to food to find relief from our anxiety. Now, food, eating food in its in of itself is not sinful because, like, we need food to eat. But it becomes sinful when we make that an idol in our lives and place that before God, and we go to that instead of Him. We trust in the food for relief instead of God. And so we can kind of see that there's a lot of ways that we can make idols in our lives, and we have idols in our lives. It can start out at its root, at its core. It can start out sinful. And then other times it's made sinful by being made an idol. But sometimes we take a sin, an actual sin, and committing that sin, and we make it an idol. We make it something that we glorify, something that we prioritize. And then sometimes we just prioritize something else, and then that becomes sinful in prioritizing that. So that's like two different examples of how we have kind of idols in our lives and how we try to be kind of self-sufficient. Instead of like running to the Father and trusting and being confident in Him, we run to other things. Sometimes that's sin or something else that just becomes sin because it becomes an idol. If that makes sense. In Exodus 32 verses 1 through C, we really just, if we read it, we see ourselves in the actions of the Israelites because we're no different. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know where or what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, Take off the rings of gold that are in your ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the, gold, the rings of gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Excuse me, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now, there's two kind of statements in, in this scripture that I'm going to point out. First off, they say we do not what do not know what has become of him. They don't know what happened to Moses, and he's literally on top of the mountain talking to God. And they don't know what happened to him, and so it seems a little bit of uncertainty here. And so they decide to take matters into their own hands. They make this idol, and then when they make the idol, they say, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And this is interesting to me because they literally have seen the salvation, the grace of God at first hand. They have seen him bring them out of the land of Egypt, out of slavery and out of their oppression. And then yet they're going to completely deny that and listen to this lie and say that this golden calf that they just made is what brought them out of Egypt. 
But what's interesting here is it, it seems like kind of fascinating and confusing at the same time because how can you say, oh, this this idol I literally just made five seconds ago is what brought me out of Egypt when that happened way before you made this idol. It's interesting, but sometimes in our idols, we can be so delusional to the point where we can't even see that it's an idol, and because we can't see that it's an idol, we then can't admit that it's an idol. And when we are in that situation, not only is it disastrous, but it causes so much confusion and so much delusion that we just become completely oblivious to the fact that we're believing lies and we're making these lives like the foundation of our lives. And so we don't exactly say, we don't exactly make something say, oh, this is what saved me. This is going to keep me from going to hell. Now, some people may do that with like crystals and all kinds of types of stuff. I'm not going to get into that. Um, but we might not exactly be like the Israelites and take off our golden rings and make a calf and then say, this is what has saved us. But we do, uh, we do have a tendency to prioritize things in our lives that are not God and when we do that we can kind of become oblivious to them or and not see that it's an idol we can become delusional and start to believe things about this idol that is not true and start to give it more credit than what it deserves and I think that we oftentimes like give our idols more credit than they deserve and because and when we do that we start to rely on it more and more because we start to believe more lies about it and it's just like this vicious cycle of like falling and continue to falling into this like false worship but really the the Israelites have it so simple if you think about it like God saved them out of slavery out of his love not because of their obedience he saved them before they were even ever called to obedience so they are to make God their number one priority and obey his commandments. This sounds so easy, and the Israelites thought so too, apparently, because they were so quick to say what the Lord says we will do. They were so quick to say we will do as the Lord says. However, as soon as things seem uncertain, they take matters into their own hands instead of trusting God to be faithful with his provisions. The society in which we live in tells us to do the same thing, to be self-sufficient and to rely on ourselves. The biggest lie that we tend to believe is that I can do it on my own. Instead of casting our anxieties on him, which 1 Peter 5, 7 tells us to do, we try to handle things on our own hands. And we, we cast our anxieties on ourselves and try to be self-sufficient and do that. Or sometimes we'll run to idols that we don't really see that are idols, but we run to other things and cast our anxieties on those. Also, Sometimes we just depend on other things in our lives more than we depend upon God. And this looks similar to the Israelites building false idols and worshiping false gods. It may not in like the literal sense, and it may not look exactly like the Israelites as they took their gold to make a golden statue, but we often take the things that are around us and make them idols. We depend upon relationships, money, technology, success, health, food, and so much more. I really could sit here and talk about idols and just continue to list them on and on and on all day long. But instead, let's look to Matthew 6, 24, which says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And so we see that we cannot be devoted to two masters. We cannot prioritize two masters because ultimately we will only be fully devoted to one of them, and that one will get our full attention. And as we do this, we will start to despise the other master. We can say that God is our first priority. 
and then go out and try to serve another master. But ultimately, that other master will put a hold on us and push us so far away from God. And that that's not good. That leads to destruction. However, when we do truly prioritize God, we will start to despise the other masters in our lives. And this is a good thing because we want a heart that hates what God hates and loves what he loves. We want a, 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 post, a heart that has a posture like God, like Jesus. We want to be like him. And so when we prioritize him and start to fully trust him and have this faith and confidence in him and rely on him for everything and really put him at the pedestal of our lives, when we do that, we start to become more like Jesus and we start to despise the things that he despised. And this really is just like the process of sanctification going around in a circle because like we are, we're prioritizing God and this causes us to hate what God hates and this makes us to be more like Jesus. And as we become more like Jesus, we start to hate the things that he hates and then it makes us even more like him and it's like a, a daily thing as we continue to make God a priority in our lives each and every single day. We start to look more like Jesus each and every single day. And I think that we live, especially right now, we live in a culture of hyper-busyness is what I would call it. We go, go, go 24-7, non-stop. And this is really prominent in Western cultures, especially, especially true for the United States. We work constantly and never truly rest. And I think that sometimes we prioritize our jobs over God, and it seems reasonable to a certain extent because we need money to survive, right? We need money. However, God has promised provisions for us, and when we prioritize Him, the provisions will reign. This isn't some prior, uh, prosperity gospel that I'm trying to teach here either, because God promises to take care of us. And I will say this, though. He promises to take care of us. He pro promises provisions, and He's faithful with those provisions. However, that looks different for everyone. And I know that a lot of people are going to be like, how can God have give this person so much wealth and then this person be poor? And I, I, think, I don't think that God necessarily gives people wealth and others he doesn't give wealth. I think God places people in certain situations, certain circumstances, and he teaches them in those circumstances. And I also think that it's important to note that no matter the circumstance, wealthy or not, God placed you in that situation for a reason, to teach you something. And in that situation, you can glorify God with what you have. And I think that if we take what we have and with, to the best of our ability, use what we have to glorify God, then, then, then it's going to be okay. That's going to be all good. Like We're doing the best that we can with what we have. And I think that's what we're called to do. We aren't called to be the most wealthy person on the earth. We're just called to glorify God and live lives that represent Him. And so we can like show others who He is and like kind of lead them and push them into a relationship with Him. And it's nothing that we really do. It's God working through us, but like He can use us to plant seeds through the way that we live our lives. And we can do that whether we're rich or poor. And so, like money, it's important in the aspect of that we need to buy food and we need to buy things. And I'm not saying that you should quit your job right now and just rely on the Lord for his provision, but you should um, rely more on the Lord and listen to his voice and where he's calling you. And he will provide for you in that situation wherever he's calling you. Um, and I know it's really it's really simple to say, it's really easy to say, but and it's and it's hard to actually do that to make God a priority and just listen to where He's calling us. It's really easier said than than done. But God will provide for us. Like when we make him a priority, provision will rain down. Stephen Furtick, he's like um he's a preacher, he's also I would say a content creator. He has lots of different online like Christian content and in a video he said 
um, what you think is a lack of provision is a lack of priority. Because if you will seek first the kingdom of God and make this your foundation, if you will seek first the, his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. And so he quotes one of my favorite verses, a verse that this actual podcast was founded on, Matthew 6.33, which says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And so I think that this is important because like, we have a tendency to worry about certain things. We have a tendency to worry about the clothes that we wear, the shoes that we have. Um, we worry about money. We made money an idol. But the thing is, like, we're not to worry about these things. But we, what we are to do is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything that we ever need will just come. And what's interesting is, is I've kind of been learning this, and if you haven't noticed yet, there's a I have a tendency to kind of talk about in the podcast what I'm currently learning and what things I'm currently hearing. Um, so Tommy Fountain at EGABCM, he's been going through the Sermon on the Mount and how God is to be like our foundation. And he made a point that Jesus was preaching this sermon, and he was telling them, and, and really us for that matter, that we can't serve two masters, we can't serve God in money. We should not worry about all these different things, but what we should do, what we can do, is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things that we have a tendency to worry about will just fall in place. And so I think that it's neat that I can kind of like relate what I'm learning to to this topic, and, that, and, and ultimately that's because I talk about what I'm currently learning about. Um, but going back to like the topic of this hyper-busyness that we live in, we sometimes are so busy because... We idolize and prioritize it specifically. It's like sometimes we specifically idolize busyness because in the busyness we can kind of forget everything else that's going on around us. In like the chaos we kind of just forget what we're truly struggling with. But also sometimes we may idol, um, idolize busyness and it may become like an issue in our lives out of idolizing money or work. So sometimes like the idol of busyness actually stems from a different idol because of idolizing money and work. And then that in of itself kind of brings in this busyness that becomes an idol. But what I think that is kind of crazy, uh, to me at least, is that we expect to be able to like balance and juggle so much without the proper rest for it. Literally, the fourth commandment God gives us is to remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy. He's, it's literally a command for us to rest so that we can reset, but more importantly, so that we can take a step back from all the busyness and remember God. We're to like be still and see God in like the present moment. Like in all this chaos going on around us and all this busyness, we, we tend to neglect God. And a lot of times we may be busy so we don't have to think about God because we know that we need to make things right with Him. Instead of talking to Him and going to Him firsthand, we'll do all these other things and be busy in a way to kind of procrastinate talking to Him. But we, we are told to keep the Sabbath holy and to remember it. We're to take a step back, to rest in the Lord. And a lot of times in our culture, we have this idea around rest that it's like laziness. And now, too much rest can become an idol and become like laziness. But like rest is so important because it allows us to reset, to take a step back, and to see God for who He truly is and just to like thank Him. And just to remember him. It just, the Sabbath kind of forces us to rest and take a step back and remember God in the chaotic and busy lives that we live. It, but it's interesting to me because of the, the culture that we live in. We think that we have to constantly be doing something 24 7, or either we're behind in life 
or we're lazy. Like we kind of have these mindsets that we've built, but we expect to be able to do all these different things, but we aren't actually properly resting to do these things. And this is something that I think that we all struggle with. I know specifically for me, I, I don't always, I, I hardly ever actually remember the Sabbath. And that's something that I would like to do more. And now there are times I do kind of remember Sabbath and I will rest on like the weekends, but I've never like taken a full day. I mean, I have taken a full day of rest, obviously, um, like on Saturday, but I'm always all doing other things to kind of make it productive because if I don't do productive, do anything productive that day, I feel lazy, like do my laundry on that day. But like literally the God, God calls us to, to remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy and just take a step back and to just rest in Him. And that's something that is kind of hard to do in our culture because we have this mindset that we have to constantly be doing something or we're doing something wrong. Um, I really could talk about this in a whole episode all by itself, and maybe I'll do that in the future, but we see we make time for what we truly want to do and that is just evident through our actions and the way that we live. So if we really want to obey this fourth commandment, we will make time to do that. We'll set aside time. And we don't want to make God a convenient thing in our lives. Like we don't want to place him only when it's convenient to us. But sometimes we may have to place the Sabbath on a day that's convenient to us because if you if, if, traditionally the Sabbath is either on a Saturday or a Sunday. Um, but some people have to work on the weekend, so a Sabbath for some people may be during the middle of the week. But I think that as long as you take a step back, rest on that day, remember the Sabbath, remember the Lord, and just rest in Him, then I think that it's okay. But ultimately, like, if we want to prioritize God in our relationship with Him, then we will make time to do the things that He, like, commands us to do and to be obedient with Him. And I kind of seen something in my life recently is reading my Bible, like, my goal for the year was to read the Bible, and this has been something I've been wanting to do for so long. And I'm a little bit behind right now, but I'm very hopeful and optimistic that I'll catch up. I know I'll catch up. I can easily catch up. It has just become something that it's just like, it's hard to find time to do it. And in the last episode, I talked about how I was going to start waking up earlier and doing that. I did that for a few days, um, like two days, a couple of days, if I'm being honest a couple days and I wasn't really able to get much done because I still didn't have enough time so something isn't right with that um, I gotta change something figure it out because I can't read my bible in my room at six in the morning because it's dark and I have roommates that are asleep but also I have nowhere else to go because like the dining hall which I would read in it doesn't open up till seven. So I have to figure out something, but I want to make God a priority in like reading scripture and being in my Bible. So I'm going to start making, I want to make a certain time that I do it every single day. And this is something that's kind of hard to do on my current schedule. Um, but the good news is I have like four weeks left until I'm done with finals. So it's not much too, too much longer until I can try to like get on a better routine with reading scripture. But I'm going to try to find a, um, a, a time where I can do this every single day. Because it's not like waking up at 6 a.m. to read my Bible. That's something that I should probably should do. And I should make that a priority in my life. But that's so hard to do with the type of like activities and different things that I have going on. Because a lot of times I don't go to bed until like after midnight. 
So it's just, I got it. But the thing is, that sounds so awful. But the thing is, it's true. I'm doing things at midnight. And so those things I'm doing at midnight, they're obviously more of a priority than reading scripture. Because if reading scripture was a priority, I would wake up early and read the scripture instead of doing the things at midnight. And so this is just kind of like some personal convictions that I'm sharing full on with you all. Um, but that's something that I've kind of been like struggling with and kind of just trying to figure out like, how do I, where, do, how do I like prioritize reading scripture without it being an inconvenience to me? But the thing is, is it an inconvenience or is it just kind of like out of my comfort zone is trying to figure it out? And like, I don't know, it, it just sounds awful to share this with you all because like, it sounds like it's, it's a burden on me and it's, and it's not a burden and I don't want it to be a burden, but it's just... Obviously, I don't have a good mindset about this, and this is something I need to pray about and change. Um, but anyways, that's enough about my personal convictions. Um, we should just make God the priority of our lives because He will make our path straight. He will guide us, and He will teach us to live lives that are more like Jesus on a daily basis so we can be His true representations, uh, represent representatives. I want to point out failure again. I know that I kind of briefly talked about this in the last episode about consistency, but like failure is inevitable. However, when you fail, get back up again and do whatever it takes to make God your priority. And I'll say that, that getting back up takes a heart of humility um, because it is very, it's a very humbling experience to fall and then get back up. Getting back up, you have to be very humble in doing that. Um, but I also would say that it takes a heart that hates sin in the same way that God does. Ultimately, we have to have a heart that is like surrendered to God and a heart that has like a posture um, of just like humility uh, uh, and a posture that of a heart, a heart that is in the posture and like the readiness to listen to the convictions the Lord has to say and like being obedient to those convictions to just hate what he hates and love what he loves. Ultimately, the Israelites were unable to keep the Lord's commandments, and we are too. Um, we're unable to follow them fully. James 2.10 says, For whoever keeps the whole law but, fail, uh, but fails in one point has become guilty of it all. So we're all guilty if we stop and think about it. We're all guilty. But I want to point out that while we're all guilty, this kind of really just shows that we have this need and dependency uh, for a Savior. And the good news is that is that we have one and he's sufficient for us. Second Corinthians twelve nine says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. So we are weak and we will fail. We will fall short before the glory of God. We will. And there'll be times where we try to make God a priority in our lives, but things will go different. But thing is, remember, God's consistent. He's always there. We just run back to Him, make Him a priority, and try again. And, like, ultimately, we'll get it right. Now, um, when we get it right, we're dead. And I know that sounds bad, but, like, one of the, the pastors that I, I've listened to recently said that a fully sanctified Christian isn't... Uh, a Christian isn't fully sanctified until they're with Jesus, until they have, like, passed away. Because on this earth, we have like so much sin and so much baggage that we carry around and we're just humans we're we're, we're failures if we're going to be honest but when we become fully sanctified that's when we are with Jesus and we're made a new creation and we have these new bodies and 
so forth, so on. But um, I bring this up because, like, on earth, we're going to continue. We'll have failures. But when we fail, we have to get back up and persevere with strength. And I'm not telling you all this that we're going to continue to fail to just, like, live in that failure. and to, We're just going to live with the mindset, like, oh, I'm just going to fail in the future anyways. Might as well just continue to live in it. No, when you fail, you get back up and work harder and work stronger and strive to be more like Jesus when you get back up. But just know that like the process of sanctification is a process that continues throughout your entire lifetime and you're not a fully sanctified Christian until the end of your life, until you've passed away. Um, so like our entire life is a process of becoming more like Jesus. Our entire life is a process of prior prioritizing God, if that makes sense. Um, so like while we are weak and we will fall and we see that we didn't hold up to our side of the covenant with God, but Jesus came and did so on our behalf, and that, that's the good news. So I'm going to share a few simple ways that we can prioritize our relationship with Jesus. One would be pray throughout the day. First thing you do when you wake up, pray. That's making God a priority in your life. Second, be in Scripture. This is hard for me currently. It's not so much hard for me currently because I am able to be in the Scripture. What's hard for me is to find a time that is consistent to be in the Scripture every single day. And the reason I want to find a time that is consistent every single day is because I want to make it a priority to do it. And like not to do it to get into a routine of it or to make a habit out of it, but because I want it to, I want God to be a priority in my life, and I want to show that it's a priority in my life by setting aside the same time every single day to do it there, because otherwise I'm just kind of doing it because that's what's I'm doing it in a time slot that is convenient to me because it's convenient to me, and that's not good. So I'm trying to, ch I'm changing that. I'm working on that actively. It's like a work in a process. So work in progress type of situation that I've been working on for a while and it's something i got to continue to pray about because I, I haven't got it right yet and, that, and that's okay. Um, the third thing I would say is community. Community, surround yourself with godly people, go to church, get in a small group. That will help you be able to prioritize God because it will place you in conversations where you're talking about God and it will place people in your life people in your life where you can go to them to talk about your struggles, talk about what you're confused on, and it, and it just ultimately help your relationship with Jesus. Um, the last thing that I would say to prioritize your relationship with Jesus is to just rest in the Lord, to remember the Sabbath, and to keep it holy. These are so much easier said than done, I will admit, but like when it comes right down to it, it's simple to prioritize God. We just have to put in the effort and that Put in the effort, the time, and like the resources to make this happen. And when we do that, our actions will show what our priority is. If we do these things, our actions will show that our priority is God. So that's kind of this episode. I want to thank you all for listening. Um, I've mentioned so many different things in this episode that could have their own episode about. So you may hear some different things in the future because I would really like to elaborate more on some of the topics that I'm briefly mentioned. So be on the lookout for that. But let's just go ahead and pray our way out of this episode. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today and thank you for this opportunity. I pray that you just move throughout this episode and that you'll continue to move throughout this throughout this uh, entire podcast, Lord. I pray that you can just continue to use me as a broken vessel and that you will reach uh, people and that you'll plant seeds and that you'll just move through this podcast, Lord. I pray that we will make you a priority in our lives 
on a daily basis because it's something that we have to continue to work on because we will continue to have different idols and different obstacles that come in the way. We'll continue to run to other things, but I just pray that you will continue to convict us of those things that we're running to that are not healed, Lord, so that we will turn around and run back to you with your arms wide open. We thank you for your open arms, Lord. We thank you for sending your son down the cross for our sins, Lord, but we, I really just pray that we'll make you a priority in our lives, and I pray that we will just pray to you throughout the day so that we can just have this relationship with you and this just awesome communication throughout the day. I pray that we will be in scripture and that we will be in scripture in a time where we have to prioritize you, um, that we will prioritize a specific amount of time in our day to go and read and learn and let you teach us every single day. And I just pray that if we, anyone that's listening that doesn't have a community, that you'll place a community with them and that you will, um, have a community that is uplifting and encouraging and that just pushes them to be more like you and to just uh, push them to just continue to prioritize you, Lord. And I just pray that we will actually remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy because that's something that we all fail at. I pray that we will just rest in you and that we will feel complete and just well rested and that in resting in you, we will just remember who you are and what you've done for us. In your son's holy name I pray, amen. So thank you all for listening to this episode. I know I went on off on a lot of different tangents, but if you've listened this far, um, it really means a lot to me. And if you listen this far, you might as well let me know that you have listened this far. And you can do so by reaching out and sending me a DM on Instagram. Um, I would really appreciate that because in an upcoming episode, I'll be doing a Q&A. So if you have any questions, you might as well go ahead and DM me those questions. Or I may do a little story post where you can drop your questions on the story. So be on the lookout for that. If you have any questions, DM me or do it on the Instagram poll. Um, not the Instagram poll. It's like an Instagram little question thing. I don't know what it's called. Anyways, in order to participate in that, you should probably check out the Instagram, the Seek Life Today Instagram, and follow the podcast on there to stay up to date with the upcoming episodes and what's going on. Um, and also, feel free to leave a rate and review. That really helps the growth of the podcast. Also, while you're at it, copy that link and send it to a friend that you think that this message would be encouraging to. As always, be blessed and seek life today.